you know there's a difference between upsells and cross-sells? An upsell is when customers add something to the cart and you offer them an upgrade or a better version. So let's say it's coffee. They add a one-pound bag, and then you upsell them the two-pound bag. When they accept, the two-pound bag is added and the one-pound bag is removed from their cart. A cross-sell is when your customer adds something to the cart and you offer them a product to go along with it. So let's say it's that coffee again. Your offer might be coffee filters, and when they accept it, the filters get added along with the coffee. And of course, you could do them all together. So let's say your customer adds coffee to the cart, you offer them the two-pound bag, bam, they accept it, and then when they click checkout, you offer them the extra filters. And then finally, after the checkout, you could have a special offer that expires in five minutes with a big countdown timer in their face to get one more bag for 50% off. So how would you implement that money-making magic? Well, with Bold's product upsell app, the first ever upsell app on Shopify. It's been a game changer for stores. And recently, Bold made some major improvements to it that are taking it to the next level. This might just be the one app every store should have, assuming you have more than one product, of course. With the new upsell version 3.0, you can offer upsells and cross-sells before and after checkout with one click. And even better, if you have the free BoldBrain app, all these upsells can be automated. So if you're not offering some form of upsells on your store, you're leaving big heaping piles of money on the table. You can get started with Bold Apps product upsell today with a 60-day free trial by going to ethercycle.com bold. That's ethercycle.com bold. Additional support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from SEO Manager. You already know the benefits of SEO. The higher you rank in search, the more visitors you get, and more visitors means more sales, which means more money in your pocket. But how do you do it? That's where SEO Manager comes in. It helps Shopify store owners get found in search engines more easily. And it's trusted by thousands of store owners. No surprise there, it's equal parts power, innovation, and ease of use. Think of SEO Manager as your optimization toolbox. Here's some examples. It can scan your site for issues, offer keyword suggestions, add structured data support, analyze missing pages and redirects, and even integrate with Kit plus a ton more tools to help you be easily found in Google searches. Best of all, it's easy to get started. You can get started in minutes, and their friendly support team is always on standby if you need help. Seriously, I have met them. They are the best. And as a special offer to you, you can get 10% off SEO Manager forever when you sign up at seomanager.com unofficial. That's seomanager.com unofficial. Hello and welcome back to the unofficial Shopify podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster, and today we're talking with one of my top absolute favorite brands and Shopify stores. Not a client. This is just me geeking out. I am so excited. Um, we are talking to none other than Joey Avery from Chubbies. Chubbies.com. They sell short shorts. We'll let him tell you about it, um, but I will... I'll tell you how I, I discovered it and slowly fell in love with it. I was familiar with the store. Clients would send it to me as examples of like, man, this is a cool thing. Or like, wow, how do these guys do these in-cart upsells? So they had this like chill, clever brand, but all the design and the marketing was incredible. And then I signed up for their newsletter and it's like, it feels effortless. It's really funny. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, it 
just tremendous. I've talked, I know I've I've talked about it on the show before. And last year, you know, naturally I love Disney World. We all know this. Um, and my my wife is a, a Disney World planner. Last year we're we're doing this trip to Disney World. And it's my first trip to Disney World since I was a kid. And she says in January, she goes, Listen, it's going to be hot there. Very, very hot. You gotta get a summer wardrobe. You gotta get you can't be cool guy in jeans in the middle of July. All right. I said, fine. And I'm getting these Chubby's newsletters. So I bought. So, all right. You know what? I'm a dad. I'm on vacation in Disney World. I'm going all out. I want the crazy stuff. So I bought a pair of shorts. Shows up in February. Try it on. I said, it's pretty cool. I bought a shirt to go with it. And then I, by, by the time we got to Disney World, I had three shirts, four pairs of shorts, and now I even have like fleece winter stuff from Chubby's that's fabulous. Um, so I've like just suddenly went all in in the span of 60 days. My summer wardrobe became entirely absurd in Chubby's. So that's, that's the background there. Mr. Joey Avery, welcome. Thank you, Kurt. Great, uh, great to be on, and, and even better to hear how quickly we converted you from email newsletter to full-on Chubby's aficionado. <laughs> yeah, I know it's, it's always fun for the, the person on the other end to go, oh, yeah. the system works exactly as it was supposed to. <laughs> and even, like, knowing full well what's going on, I should be the least susceptible to it. And it still, still happens, still works on me. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you, you know, you get an affinity towards a brand. Eventually, you realize you needed shorts and you knew exactly where to go. And once you had them, you just couldn't stop. <laughs> when, they, when they treat it like a relationship and like you build on it, it just becomes inevitable that a purchase will happen. Uh, yeah, and that's that's actually one one cool thing. When When I started here, I was having a conversation with one of the co-founders about how the um how the kind of marketing voice developed and obviously it's you know it's it's iterated and it's complexified over time but the initial thought that they had is they basically all had separate jobs that they didn't like and one of the best parts of their day was just opening up their group chat where people were actually having fun and enjoying themselves and talking about what they were going to do that weekend. And so when they first started even sending emails, they basically were thinking, we just want this to sound like your most fun group chat. <laughs> uh, that's Now that you've said it, that's amazing. Uh, Isn't that great? Yeah, it has always felt like the theme is these, you know, it's like these are late 20-something guys, and the brand is late, it's largely men's apparel. You got a little bit of women's stuff. Speaking, like, just uh, getting ready to party, ready for the weekend, trying to be professional, but also having fun. And, like, that's the feel. And a lot of the emails take that tone. And you could do some really clever stuff. Like, there was, for your Black Friday sale, there was a, uh, well, you tell, the video. Yeah, so for, um, for, we ended up, I think, launching that on Cyber Monday, which we as a short shorts brand uh, called Fiber Monday. Fiber Monday. Um, but uh, we, yeah, exactly. What we do for that day is we have a different free gift for purchase on or, or free gift with purchase every hour uh, on the site. And so there are people that spend a lot of the day on our website trying to buy their stuff and get the gift that they want. And <clears throat> we know they're supposed to be at work. So what we came up with was uh, kind of a, a boss button. So when you went to our site, you'd click the boss button and it would look like you were on a Skype call doing business things. But it basically ended up being a video only sketch, which would turn into some absolutely ridiculous things happening, but would kind of look like you were working as well. <laughs> it was 
It was perfect and clever and appreciated and funny. It's like immediately endearing and cool and really like an utter pattern interrupt, totally off the wall. Uh, okay, yeah. what's 10,000 foot view for people who don't know and can't figure out? Tell me what Chubby's is. Yeah, <clears throat> so Chubby's, our goal is basically to be the apparel that you are going to wear on your weekend. So we want. When you think about you know the good times that you have coming up, we want you to think, great, I'll be throwing on my chubbies. Um, and so the initial impetus for that was basically kind of thinking back to a to a retro style, and and we kind of brought back short shorts, and it's basically the cool outfits that your you know your dad or, or whoever used to wear in those old Polaroids that you would find uh, in like an old photo album. Down to even the the high the high white socks with the double stripe around the top and that those socks always stayed up that's yeah. if you really yeah. <laughs> you want to go all in and then pair those with your uh pair those with your sandals for the complete look it is yep. like you are trying to intentionally be it's camp and it's like listen i this is the opposite of serious there is no universe in which i'm not viewed as trying to have fun and what's interesting about it is when i wear the chubby's clothes it makes me approachable like there is no Nothing else will get more people, just strangers, to just start conversations with me than wearing yeah, the Chubby's outfits. That's what's funny. It's it's awesome, and it's also the coolest thing that you know we found over time is that you know the the idea of I want to wear a fun outfit and have a good time that can be anyone. You know, like our demographic is huge. Just last week, we had without even you know like doing it on purpose, we looked on our Instagram and Dak Prescott, the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys was wearing a full head to toe Chubby's outfit and we're like, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. So can't hope for anything better than that. Exactly. It can be anything from high school kids to dads to, you know, women, NFL players. Anyone can anyone can throw it on and have a good time. Uh, and that's great. And it's the cool thing is it's also expanded beyond um, the initial core offering, which is like short shorts and fun shirts and swim trunks. And it's even now we're making like technical sport apparel where we have compression lined athletic shorts where maybe the compression liner is a little more fun, but you want a more kind of understated short. So the, the cool thing is over time, it's, it's expanded into just a, you know, full kind of end to end clothing brand. Uh, but the, the ethic of, you know, throw this on for your good times is, is still there throughout. And hence the the tagline stitched into all this stuff, ready for the weekend. Exactly. <laughs> Which We're I, always I see that, that. I'm like, <laughs> Even uh, it's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, how did you get here? When did Chubby start? When did you show up? How'd that happen? Yeah. So, man, I should know the exact year. I actually don't know the exact year Chubby started. I want to say probably like 2011, 2012. But I have been at Chubby's for a year and a half. Um, I actually came into Chubby's. I didn't have any uh, direct marketing experience, so uh, getting to join uh, what what we consider to be a, a relatively elite pound for pound marketing team because there's not too many of us uh, was pretty cool. And the way that I ended up doing it is I actually went to a marketing conference, uh, and I was in sales at the time, and I saw one of the uh, Chubby's content team members, uh, Mason Robinson, speak, and he was talking about how you know, they compete with some huge, huge brands uh, without, you know, even a 
one one hundredth of the marketing budget. Uh, and the way that they do that is they make stuff that is organically viral and things that people like. Uh, and so I, uh, in addition to doing sales, did and still do stand-up comedy. And I was able to basically use that experience to say, hey, I, don't, I may not have marketing experience, but you guys are making comedy. You're making comedy videos. Your email letters are comedy. Um, this is what I do. And they, were, they took a chance on me, and uh, they haven't fired me yet. <laughs> Before you came on, was it a view that, like, did they view it as we're doing comedy, so we should hire people with comedy backgrounds? Or did you, did they take their, their chance on you? I think that they, they've always been very smart about the, the overlap. You know, what I, what I always say that I think that's interesting about our, our marketing team is when we're on, you know, Instagram, for example, we're not necessarily competing with other clothing brands, although we're looking at what to do and, and like that but we we're always trying to compete for the platform so we're competing with what you know trying to compete with some of the best content creators purely on instagram and i think they've always been smart about knowing that that's what they need to do and so they'll they'll hire a talented person uh, even if they don't have the exact background so they took a little bit of a chance on me but another member of the content team uh phil who's in a, a bunch of the videos he was, you know, he'd been doing marketing, but he's a Broadway trained actor, you know, mm -hmm. so we have him and when we're making videos and it requires a challenging role, we're going to throw him in the mix because that's what he can do. So we always just look for people with a diverse skill set and then try to use, you know, their individual passions uh, and the things that they want to be good at to take our brand to the next level. So you look for, uh, so you're looking for people who have these these renaissance backgrounds and then looking at, okay, what is your natural affinity? So rather than trying to like say to someone, hey, here is your role, here is your your tasks, and I'm sure like that happens. This is what you're doing, period, done. On top of that, you say, all right, what is like your natural skill set, your affinity, what do you want to do? What's your passion? Look for those things. And then, all right, can we leverage that in a smart, fun way? Exactly. That's that's exactly what we do. And and like you said, there are going to be jobs that aren't, it's not always like, oh, you just get to do exactly what you want. It's more like, hey, this is what needs to get done. But if you have an idea for something or you want to introduce something new that you're good at, that is going to be a path that's open for you. Like before I got here, we didn't have a podcast, but now we have a weekly show, the Chubby's podcast, um, which I get to host and kind of run point on the creative side for. And it's just an hour long basically audio sketch comedy program uh, that really is not even that much about, um, you know, like the product or the business as much as it is about us just trying to make an entertaining hour-long comedy show. All right, so I definitely have, I have questions. I want to pick your brain about your podcast. Yeah. But I would, let's, let's back up a little bit. Tell us what the heck you do at Chubby's. Yeah, absolutely. So, I'm involved with pretty much all things on the content side. Um, so I take the lead on uh, email writing, so the creative uh, copy aspect of email. Um, I also help run our social channels, so Instagram being a big one, some of the sketch videos we do on there, as well as some of the posting, uh, and then also uh, running the Chubby's podcast. I will say that all of those things uh, were huge on creative collaboration, so I'm, right. you know part of a team that works on all of those things yeah, by no means are you you taking credit and go look at what i produce yeah, exactly. look at all yeah. these things 
I take credit for every follower on our Instagram, every dollar from email. <laughs> right. No, it's clearly like it's very clear in just the the ten minutes we've been talking that you it's a a very it's a creative collaborative. Just really sounds like a great environment. It is. It is a lot of fun, and and all the creative things we get to do. Um, what leads up to them is usually a, a an hour, several hour long wild creative brainstorm where so many insane ideas get thrown out there until we find one that actually works. And that's issue that sounds like when I you hear interviews with people uh like cast members on SNL, that's the approach they take to that's how every every week's show gets made is all right, we're just gonna throw the craziest ideas around until we come up with something. And so it's cool to hear yeah. that, that that same approach is working here. Man, you do a heck of a lot. You are responsible for a heck of a lot there. What eats up most of your time? You know that that changes because um, we're we're segmenting different things out. It, it used to be email, um, just because email is uh, a huge, huge part of what we do, and we're big on testing so many different things and seeing what works. You know, obviously, we want everything by the time someone gets it to feel. Uh, fun and relaxed and casual, but the process of of getting there is is one of testing and trying every everything out. So email is definitely up there, um, but uh, you know we're tr I'm trying to get it to a point where I can spend about an equal time on all three. So we got a little more help on the email side, um, which is which is evening that out a little bit, um, just because that's such a huge program. But you know it all takes a while. Even even the podcast, which is it's just a, an hour-long fun thing. By the time you've like planned it out and done right. the writing that's required for it, and you know, getting everything set up, and we're trying to turn it into a live Twitch show and get it up on YouTube, it's it's a lot of things to to manage. Um, but the great thing about that is, you know, when I come into work, there's not really ever any downtime. It's always thing to thing to thing, and uh, that makes you work faster on everything you got. Let's. Well, it's a, it sounds like a, a dynamic environment, and certainly based on what's coming out, you have a, a handle on it. I imagine, like, in an environment like that, there's always going to be days that are feel like controlled chaos. Let's dive into email, because I feel like for any Shopify marketer, Chubby's is, is, may as well be famous for these emails. You're on Klaviyo, right? So I'm yep. <clears throat> Klaviyo partner, love Klaviyo. So it's, it's cool to see, like, oh, your favorite brand is using the same tool. They're great. We, we love Klaviyo. Talk to me about that email strategy, what those emails are like, what's going on there. I mean, end-to-end, -end, uh, the, the life cycle of an email, it usually starts, like we talked about, in a creative brainstorm where we have all the stuff that we need to write about that week. Um, and we will have a bunch of people in there and, and just like hammering away. And then I'll look at some of the copy that's the best and either change it or if nothing's there, I'll, I'll end up you know, rewriting it myself. Uh, and then a big thing for us is just making sure that we test usually four variations of everything before it goes out. And so that could be testing different products to see which message works best. It could be testing creative. Um, to, we do a lot of creative testing to find out what types of photos are making people most interested in the product. It's in studio or lifestyle or close up or, you know, big groups, whatever it is. Um, we try so many different things uh, and always kind of iterate over time to see what's been working in what particular category. Uh, and then we'll even sometimes we'll test copy variations, longer, funnier ones, shorter, more to the point ones, 
And then after that, you know, test for a little while, we just look and see which one wins and we'll either send one out or we'll stop and rebuild the different parts that, uh, that look together. But before an email goes out, we've generally written four, we've tested four different uh, subject lines, and then we'll even look at clicks to creative, um, path to conversion, everything you could possibly look at uh, before we decide which one's going to get sent to everyone. What's interesting, that email strategy is laid out, so it's like it's very technical, it's very time-consuming, and to give people an idea of how much effort you're putting into it, how often are you sending emails? Generally, if you really averaged it out, an email is going to go out, some email of some kind is going to go out probably six days a week. Um, that said, we're not obviously blasting everyone with an email every day of the week. Otherwise, we'd have no one left on our list. But by the time we've, you know, we've written the amount of product-specific emails we do, we also do a more fun email uh, or informative one on Fridays called The Weekender. And then we'll do more specific targeted sends if we know that we have a product coming out in a category that some people are very likely to want. We'll put together one for them as well. So yeah, there, I would say it's it's somewhere around six a week, uh, and that's not counting the the many different variations that go into each one that goes out. That's crazy. So it's so for the the variations um, for the testing for people who don't are going. That sounds cool, but I don't know quite what they're talking about. Yeah, it sounds like you've let's say you've got an email list of a million people, and you've got a theory on an email, and you're going to pick different parts of it to test. We're like, all right, here's the mm-hmm. variables. Let's just send this email out. And maybe we send versions of it out to a thousand people each, and so it's a small percent of the total. And then you see yep. how each one, but it's enough to be statistically significant. You see how each one performs, and now you know, oh, okay, this like here is a clear winner, uh, or it doesn't matter, so we'll just pick the one we like. And then you send that out to the entire list that did not receive one. Yep, that is that is exactly right. Okay, and the. Then the other interesting thing it sounds like you're doing is a lot of, you're sending a lot of email, but you're also doing a lot of segmenting. It sounds to me like if, all right, we're releasing this new, this shirt in a new style. So what you might do is segment out, all right, people who bought that shirt, that similar style shirt in the past will send just those folks a like VIP pre-order email. Exactly. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff like that, and and this is this is an area of our program that's definitely developing and, and getting more complex over time. Um, but it could even be finding data that suggests, wow, most people who bought this product also bought this shirt. So you might want to include people who maybe people who bought this pair of shorts happen to really like shorts that or shirts that were. Uh, in this style. So you might want to include those purchasers in a segment as well. Um, It's all just behavioral patterns that might indicate that you're going to, you know, when you're going to, you know, to to some extent bother someone with an email, um, that you're sending them stuff that they have a high likelihood of wanting. And is there, uh, do you have like a particular favorite tool or uh, source for figuring out or is it just like, hey, we, we could see this, it's obvious, for figuring out what things get bought, are likely to get bought together? Yeah, I mean, this is something that that is starting to go a little bit out of my expertise because I'm a little bit more on the creative side. But but Clavio has some some really good tools for segmenting, and then uh, on the data side, we also use something called Looker, <laughs> which I am not uh, super well versed in, but it really helps us understand you know 
likely likely buyers of things and that helps us build segments Hold up. we'll hear more after this quick break support for this podcast comes from simpler a new way to staff 24 7 sales and customer service on your shopify store it works with your existing email and chat tools so setup is quick and easy simpler provides on-demand us-based customer service specialists to answer your customers most common questions close more sales with simpler by staffing your email and live chat with 24-7 Simpler Specialists. Find out more at simpler.ai. That's S-I-M-P-L-R dot A-I. And now, back to the show. Hit me. Okay. Uh, do Within that email strategy, have you ever sent an email and have it utterly bomb where you're like, I just don't get it? Like, do you, do you have any uh-oh moments with emails? Definitely. Yeah. And there are, there are some that, uh, that'll be somewhat predictable. You know, there are some days where we have a product coming in that we're going to message and I go, I know this is going to be a very successful email. And there are some days where we go, well, this, this product is not maybe as much of a hit for our whole audience. So if, if we can see that coming, what we try and do is supplement it with a lot of either segmenting or other products that we think, okay, maybe someone will find something that they, they like here. Um, in terms of, yeah, I mean, emails have just bombed in the past where we're like, man, I thought that would be better, but you know, you, you just, you, you get another shot on goal later in the week. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, you know, you, you have those failures don't slow you down. You just go, well, that's, we could not be this successful without screwing up sometimes and we just learn from it and move on. <laughs> exactly. I, I mean, you can't be. Uh, you can't be emotionally discouraged by that, but you gotta, if something doesn't work, you just got to really look at it and say, okay, well, here is why that didn't work. And let's make sure we don't do that again and, and just press on. Very good. Uh, all right. Any, well, what, what was your favorite email you ever sent? Cause certainly you've sent a lot at this point. Some of my favorite ones are the, the Friday emails we send out, uh, which are, uh, like I said, called the weekender. Um, and the cool thing with those is, is sometimes I can get a little, a little more fun with the writing on that because for example a, a couple weeks ago we sent one out which we're right now in the middle of a, a competition for finding our next chubby's man model right uh which is a thing we do every year which you know people it's an open competition people can apply they get their friends to vote for them and if they win they actually get a modeling contract with us they get flown out to do shoots with us it's, it's a cool thing and it's it's honestly helped uh launch some some big modeling careers. Hmm. Uh, and I got to write an email a couple of weeks ago where I just picked some of the, I just picked like six or seven of the profiles from the early applicants that I thought were good. And I just got to kind of have fun with the copy of why this was a cool application. And that's, that's always fun for me where I can just do some, some pretty pure comedic writing. Um, I always enjoy those. That's cool. It is, it is fun when he- and it's funny to think of you saying, oh, well, in, on the Friday emails, that's when the gloves come off. It's like, wait, you were holding back on the others? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we, never really, we never really hold back. Um, we, we try to have as much fun with every email as we can because, you know, it, the average consumer is getting a lot of different marketing emails. And, and if they've been on our list for a while, they've seen a lot of emails about shorts and they've seen a lot of emails about swim trunks. But they hopefully won't have seen what we're about to say about them. Very good. All right, so uh, you handle the email. You're also doing. Um, well, do you or do you do anything uh, on site? Uh, on our website? Yeah. 
Uh, I do not know. Okay. Not really. Well, sometimes we've, we've started just again, we've, you know, had so many jobs at once for a long time and we're trying to be smarter about, um, segmenting things out. But for a long time, I was also helping with uh, product copy on site. So when a, a shirt would hit the page, we'd like try to have funny product copy about that shirt. So I used to have a larger hand in, in copy on the website and, and still help out sometimes, but it's not as day-to-day as my other responsibilities. I love, I love the product photos. I love the product titles. <laughs> They're great. That's another group effort. I do help name the products, but we get a, a, as many of us as are willing to help into a room and we've got you know several hundred products coming out, and we just sit and try to write a bunch of funny names for each one. So I, I help out with those as well. How do you settle on the winner? Um, usually, what will happen is so say there's ten of us in a room. We'll each okay. You have this shirt. You have a minute and a half. Just go, and we'll write like five or six, and then we'll bold our favorite as the writer and then uh someone else from the team that's actually finalizing product descriptions and all that will be will be final pass okay the other thing your response so the two other things that you're responsible for largely are then um some social channel stuff and like some cool stuff on instagram um and the chubby's podcast talk to me about social media where are you seeing where are you active like of all the channels there's always like one that's where your audience is at, where you're getting the engagement. I'm guessing it's Instagram. You um, named that one. All yeah. Right. Yeah, um, you got half a million followers on Instagram. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, when I first started here, it was at the tail end of, you know, Facebook used to be king for us. Um, and, and the cool thing about, you know, some of the early days content that, that they used to make is, it used to be that people would go on Facebook and actually watch like a cool like three to five minute long video, and that was a normal internet behavior. Uh, and now with you know the the changing demographics and changing algorithms, I think it's we've moved off of Facebook and people are on Instagram, and that's great. We try to make as much funny sketch comedy as we can. We try to make fun posts, um, but you just, you have less time of people's attention. So you got to grab them pretty quickly with something. You got to have subtitles so they know what's going on if they're not listening. And, uh, and even if all that goes well, you, you don't really have more than a minute unless you're going to go into stories or Instagram TV. Yeah, it, it's rough. It is getting, that economy of attention just keeps getting more and more brutal. Talk to, so for Instagram, talk talk to me about that strategy. What's that's because I know in the pre-call you had mentioned that and said you're you're having a lot of fun with it. Uh, what's yeah. going on there? Yeah. So um, Instagram. I mean, there's there's of course there's always two strategies. Like if we can get people shopping off of Instagram, that's great. And and we have noticed there's a lot of organic desire for that when we post something and people see a product that isn't available on our website a lot of times in the comments people are like where is this i want these um so from a business standpoint trying to make sure that we continue to monetize the the massive amount of people that we have on there is is important but you know where my focus is at is is really just trying to make stuff that's organically enjoyable and making sure that we're a fun follow and that, that people, you know, like you'd mentioned, have that good kind of brand affinity towards us just by having fun with us on Instagram. And how do you do that? How do you get people to have fun with you on Instagram? What do you do to drive engagement? 
Yeah. Uh, well, one thing is we, I mean, again, it's, it's a group effort. We get into a room with all of the, uh, you know, like UG, uh, user generated content that we've seen. We look at some of the best pictures and then we try to basically make it memeable. You know, we, we try to add a funny top caption and, and make something that's going to make you laugh when you open up your phone. And then we just track how well those things have done. Uh, and we, we hold ourselves to, internal goals for engagement ratio or views if it's a funny video um that's the testing end of it the the secret sauce for us is there's a bunch of us in a room we're brainstorming an idea for a video or we're looking at a photo if it's not making us laugh while we're in there then it's not coming out so the main goal for us is just make something that we think is funny and sometimes people agree with that and sometimes they don't (laughs) and that's that's the tough part about like trying to force and monetize creating something funny. Is it it's hard and you're not always going to get it right. So yeah. you have to like you got to have a thick skin, I imagine. Yeah, you definitely it's it's similar to what I was saying earlier. I mean, you you can't take it too personally and I think when I first started here, especially not being used to putting out uh, content at at this frequency, even though, of course, you know, I'm doing stand-up comedy five or six nights a week, and if people aren't laughing, I see their faces, and that helps you develop a pretty thick skin, um, but it's also different for the internet, and at some point, you just have to be like, you do your best, you put out stuff that you think is funny when it doesn't work, um, you go, oh, maybe we'll just take that one down and learn from it and, uh, and, and figure out why it didn't work and uh, keep, keep pressing forward, but if you stop having fun with it, then your content's not going to be fun, and uh, no one's gonna no one's gonna want it anyway. So you can't take it too seriously when you're just trying to make people laugh. That certainly that that helps keep you sane. Um, with Clavio and email, you're doing a lot of um, like really really creative stuff. But also there's there's tools in there that we talked about. There's um, you're doing segmenting and split testing. Is there any of that happening with social media? Uh, not as much because at least to my knowledge, there's no way to like a B test different posts, but generally what happens is we will, when we sit down to have a creative brainstorm, we will just look at the posts from the last couple of weeks and see if we can detect a pattern of what has worked or what has missed. And usually there is some thread that you can detect. And, and, you know, sometimes at the end of a brainstorm, you're like, ah, this is funny. Let's just put it out. And then you post it and then you look at it a week later and it didn't do well. And you're like, yeah, I see why it didn't do well. That may not have been funny. We just might have been losing our minds at the end of a you know, two-hour <laughs> creative brainstorm. And sometimes you, some of the stuff you start thinking is funny is, uh, is not as much. So we try to keep that in mind before we post things as well. Okay. And the um, – well, you're right. So it, I use uh, Buffer. It's a wonderful, like, easy social media tool for scheduling content and, like, syndicating it, cross-posting. Um, yeah. It has a analysis tool where you can just go, and this thing costs like ten bucks a month. It should cost more. Um, it has a an analytics tool. Where you go, all right, just like show me my posts that were most popular for the yep. last thirty days, and it's really yep. easy. Like I could do that and just look at it, and it immediately becomes obvious. Like, oh, this is like the type of thing that gets the most engagement, and it's usually like it's almost for me. It's almost always like st- working in public stuff. So now, yep. So that I said, all right, all my content's going to be 
you know, me working in public for the most part. And then from there, it's like, all right, what kind of thing in there starts working well? So, okay, let's start looking for those opportunities. So, yeah, you're right. You can't split test it. But I think you're, you're, you got to learn. You just got to put stuff out there, then learn from it and just revise, revise, revise. It sounds like that's the strategy. Exactly. Yep, that's it. And we use Iconosquare, which is, sounds similar to, to, to what you use. Cool. I will uh, Google that up and stick it in the show notes as well. All right. Last thing I want to talk to you about, your podcast. How long have you been doing a podcast? Yeah, we've been doing our podcast. I think we're on the we're going to record today. It'll be episode 46. We started uh, last summer. Um, so we're coming up. It's it's weekly. So yeah, coming up on on uh, 52, which would be which would be a year. Um, so we're still inside of a year, but um, it's been a really fun thing. It wasn't one of the uh, co-founders, Tom, actually kind of suggested it to me because he knew that through my experience doing stand-up comedy, I had been I had done some other podcasts and guested on other podcasts and and had some experience with it. And he kind of was like, "Yo, is this something you'd?" be interested in doing and I was like are you kidding me that is the number one thing I would love to do here <laughs> um, so it's been awesome walk me through the the format for podcasts because I think for a lot of merchants they see like certainly 2019 may as well be the year of the podcast and I'll, it's easy to get into you spend like my first microphone was 30 bucks and we yep. recorded with free software right like there's the investments very low um, so it's accessible but I think yep. The a lot of merchants go, yeah, I'd love to have a podcast, but like I have no idea how that would work, what that would look like. What is your format? What do you do? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, we're in a unique place with what we do, where you know we are we are a brand, we're a merchant, but our podcast is really not even about that. Um, we kind of our whole joke is that we are we're in the business section, and uh, a couple times we've gotten into the top, you know. 10 top 50 business podcasts. And so our whole kind of joke is that we're a business podcast and we don't talk about business at all. Um, it's an hour long, basically sketch comedy audio show. Um, I do monologue jokes. Uh, we do a millennial discussion segment every show and then we'll do even crazy stuff. We've written each other songs. We do script read-offs. We've done, you know, in in studio physical challenges where we're like chopping wood and seeing who can get through the most blocks with different body parts so we we really just try to have a fun crazy off the walls time and the reason that that works for us is because so many of uh, the people who love the brand who are fans of us that's what they want you know they're more interested in the brand voice maybe more so than the brand mechanics so if you like the funniness of our emails or the funniness of our instagram channel then what you're going to want from us is a comedy podcast so we're kind of unique in terms of that being our our uh, podcast marketplace um, but if, if someone was listening and, and thinking about starting their own, I would say the two things that you would want to focus on are what are the people that are already listening to you going to want to hear from you? And the other important thing is what the hell are you going to want to do every week? Because if you're filling an hour every week, you're going to want to be talking about something that's interesting to you. And much like social, if you're not having fun doing it, it's not going to be fun to listen to. That is, it, it's fantastic advice. I could not agree more. I'm that my my favorite. There's tons of gold and nuggets in here in this interview, uh, but that that's my favorite bit from the whole thing. Is man, what's going to be interesting to you that you could keep producing for a week after week? 
Like I'm yeah. episode like 250. Man, it's because the only way we got away with it is I really like e-commerce, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's an entrepreneurship. Like it, that was my passion. So, all right, let's talk to entrepreneurs about entrepreneurship. And okay, you'll get better at it over time. And certainly if I go back and listen to early episodes of this show, I want to die. That's um, tough. That's a tough one. I've done that too. I don't recommend that. To- <laughs> but at the same time, like if you went back and listened to it and go, oh, it sounds the same as it does now, that would be worrisome. Like you need to be getting better. Yeah, you got to have a growth mindset. <laughs> On the podcast, I love, uh, I looked up, well, I, I put the show notes, a link in the show notes to the podcast, and your podcast, and I love the description. I will read it to you. It is, quote, this business podcast is definitely about business, end quote, attributed to business person. <laughs> it's a true quote. <laughs> it has a 5.0 rating out of 1100. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah, we're um we're we're very happy with that and uh we've uh we've we've been very lucky. The the people that have that have picked up on the podcast have have been so fun and uh there's so many inside jokes. It's it's been really fun to kind of watch it grow and watch the audience grow with us. I mean, last episode we did something where one of the uh, podcast members had said something kind of crazy that we thought was illegal. Well, we had a lawyer write in a full case review of how he would prosecute the person <laughs> who <laughs> had said that he, uh, you know, I'll, I'll let people listen to it without over-describing it. But the cool thing is, you know, we just had a listener who happened to be a lawyer prepare an entire case review and send it into us, you know, littered with inside jokes to know that he'd been listening for you know basically since we started so um it's it's been a really cool part of our community to tap into and obviously not everyone who knows about chubby's uh listens to or is able to listen to every week but the portion of our fans that have uh it's it's been a really cool way to get um closer to our fan base in a way that i I think a lot of brands would be jealous of and you know on that that point Looking at the reviews, they echo exactly what you just said. Listen to this. They're hilarious. <laughs> I'll, I'll read you one right now. And just one. I'm not going to do a dramatic yeah. reading of all these. But yeah. one said, uh, been a long time Chubby's follower and have always loved the content. So I knew I had to check out the podcast. I'm belly laughing every time I listen to it. So creative and genuine. Feels like you're in the room riffing with them every week. That's brilliant. You said, listen, I... The, the goal was look at what content we think people like and try and move that to a podcast and give them that like that full Chubby's experience for the hardcore fans. That's 100% what that review says this does. Yeah, and, and, and you know, I've mentioned it a few times in this interview how, how everything we do is like a long, drawn-out brainstorm of, you know, saying crazy stuff and trying to make each other laugh. This is basically what that is. And so for anyone who wants to know what it's like to be in the room, uh, obviously it's more it's a more, you know, put-together version of that um, that has brainstorms that go into it. But in terms of the weird riffs and the, the things that lead to all the content that you see, um, the Chubby's podcast is probably the best way to be a fly on the wall of that creative process. That's so good. I'm cop- I'm taking this your one-liner description. This business podcast is definitely about business. That, <laughs> I'm using that as the summary for this episode. <laughs> yes, that is perfect. That yeah. is absolutely perfect. <laughs> yeah, perfect. All right. I don't want to take up too much of your time. You have given me so much. I am so thrilled. This is like a five years long dream come true for me truly you mentioned twitch 
I want to hear a little bit about Twitch, and then I will let you go. So, Twitch, like, super new. I'm seeing a handful of brands start to engage, start to do Twitch channels. Um, like, Hoonigan does, uh, I know they've got a Twitch channel, and they're getting traction there. You're starting to do Twitch. Tell, like, for people who don't know, what is Twitch? Why should I care? Yeah, so, I mean, to, to be honest with you, this is, this is like, day one of it happening. We're going to, I think, do our first live stream today. Um, so I, I am still, I, I, I don't have expert advice at all, but the reason that it's a platform that we're looking at is because it is one of the kind of newer forms of social media that, uh, is, has a, a, an audience that I think is still actually actively discovering things. Um, Twitch is a live streaming platform and it's, it's famous in particular for being a place where people go and basically spectate people playing video games, but also being fun personalities while they play. Um, that's something that maybe we'll get into at some point, but for us, it's basically, we're doing a live, you know, variety comedy show every week. Um, well, I guess we're doing it, but it hasn't been live. And so Twitch is going to be us starting to see if we can turn our podcast into a live show and make it a more interactive for the people who already listen and maybe want to write in while we're recording. Uh, and B, our, our goal is that, you know, maybe some people who have no idea who Chubby's is and have never known, uh, will just discover us on this platform and we can bring them into, uh, the fold just like you did, get them on the email and eventually get them in a pair of, uh, sh- shorts and a shirt and, uh, and then they'll be ours. The, so so Twitch is like it is really new for anyone going at it for marketing. If you were into gaming, like you have known about Twitch for years, um, right? Because it like it is a genuine competitor to YouTube at this point in that that niche of like let's play videos and you know those like super obnoxious videos that seem to be eighty percent some guy screaming. Uh, yeah, my kids love those videos. They go bonkers for them. So certainly I I see the the value there. Um, I had no idea that Twitch was anything other. I thought it was like specifically live streaming for video games, period. I did not realize it was they that other content lived there. Yeah, so I mean it generally is. That's still king on Twitch and, and that's something that is is so popular with the with you know a younger generation that I, I still haven't uh quite caught on to the love of watching people play video games yet but um but it is it is big for other things we actually have uh, a, a guy Devin, who works with us who's kind of helped push us in the direction of twitch because he is huge uh into dungeons and dragons and so he has a D channel called total party chill where they basically do you know dungeons and dragons adventures and they just live stream it on twitch so it's not just video games it's board games but there's also talk shows um and so once we found out there were talk shows on there we thought well we'll, we'll give it a shot uh and that starts today and we'll see how it goes like anything else it's it's always worth trying and it'll probably take us a while to get good at it um but it, it seems like a platform that you know it's not going anywhere and, and if you can figure out how to be fun and entertaining on there you you have an interesting opportunity to become a, a multi-channel content juggernaut which is always always a goal and uh yeah it's excellent advice close all right last question closing advice if you could make every shopify merchant do one thing what is the one thing you want them to walk away from the one thing you wish they would they would do or stop doing whichever with their store? I think 
my my advice, and and I'm fortunate that I came to a place that that has had this. Uh, but I think I think it's interesting advice because I think about it always in my pursuit as a comedian, and I also think about it in my pursuit to marketing. But it's really try to sit and think about what your voice is. Uh, what is your brand voice? What do you want people to feel when they're getting your product? Um, or, or listening to your podcast or whatever it is that you're putting out there. Uh, it's, it's very hard to define because I think a lot of us, you know, humans are complex and we all want to be many different things at once. But if you want people to remember who you are, you need to think about what feeling you're going to give them when they buy your product, listen to your show, whatever it is. So I would say always think about what your brand voice is. Try to distill it and try to think about how someone that isn't you uh, will receive that message because um, you want it to be inclusive and you want it to feel good. That is phenomenal, excellent advice that you came up with off the top of your head. I'm impressed. <laughs> Thank um, you. Yeah, good job. So lastly, if people wanted to learn more about you or Chubbies, where should they go? Yeah, Chubbies, you just head on down to chubbies.com. That's got everything you'll need uh, from a clothing perspective, check out uh, Chubby's podcast on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to find anything out about me, uh, I'm Joey Avery. I have joeyavery.com and at Joey Avery on Instagram. And I also follow the Chubby's Instagram at Chubby's. I will include those things in the show notes. Joey, thank you so much. This has been fantastic. Thanks so much, Kurt. It was a pleasure. One final note before we go. I wanted to remind you about the one Shopify theme my agency has used more than any other. It's called Turbo by Out of the Sandbox. And as its name implies, it's built for speed. But that's not why I love it. I love it because it's the most configurable, feature-packed theme for Shopify today. Features like predictive search, easy mega menus, infinite scrolling collections, and a ton of page templates. Calling it a theme doesn't do it justice. I think of it as a rapid prototyping tool for Shopify stores. And I've got a special offer for you. You can get it today at a 20% discount when you use the code PODCAST20. You can even try it for up to two weeks. And if you don't love it, Out of the Sandbox will give you a full refund. To check it out now, go to ethercycle.com turbo and use code PODCAST20 at checkout. That's ethercycle.com turbo. If you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, the unofficial shopifypodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find some episode notes, including some details you might have missed. You'll also find offers from our sponsors. Please support our show by supporting them. And thank you. The unofficial Shopify podcast was recorded and hosted by me, Kurt Elster, and produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. Check us out at ethercycle.com. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.